This is Saratoga Best. We're learning Basi Lagani, and we're trying to figure out from Basi Lagani what is the Rebbe telling us that this year is going to be all about. Last year was all about war. Last year was about Hashem takes on the name Hashem Tzvakos as he assumes the role of the warrior who is destroying the evil. That was last year. This year, it's a different Basilagani. It's a different focus in Basilagani, which leads us to the conclusion, the possible conclusion, that the war is essentially over, although, as we keep saying, the chicken, the chicken looks very much alive after its head is chopped off. So when we're looking at a dead chicken, it, it looks very much like a live, live chicken for quite a while. So the question is, are we then going to be come, going into a year now when we're looking at a, a evil which is already has been defeated, but looks and is a dead chicken, but looks like a live chicken running around like a chicken without a head? Um, we don't know, but the the shift from the shift, I think, in this mimer. And from chapter 11, which is last year, to chapter 12, with this, which is this year, is more n- now on the treasures that are being given from above. Um, just one word about from chapter 11 to chapter 12. Even though you can say that the, this mimer was prepared, you know, in 1950, and it's a long time ago, however, everything is foretold and foreseen, and and the order of the chapters is is for obviously is uh was prepared for this moment right here right now we know there are many 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 stories you know there was a story of not going to tell the whole story but a yid who went to the i think the balshemtov and the balshemtov if i got it right to a certain tzaddik and was told to bring a letter on his way home to the parnas of the town um and he forgot. He actually went home and forgot. And many, many, many years later, or when he went to a certain town to give this letter to the partners of the town, to I think big Moshe, instead of, it was short Moshe and tall Moshe. I'm really chopping up the story. But years later, about 20 years later, the Yid suddenly remembered how that could happen. We don't know. That I believe the Baal Shem Tov had given him a letter to give, and so. <laughs> <laughs> Some 20 years later, he went to do it. And at that very moment, this fellow Moshe was being, uh, was, had just been elected as Parnas of the town. So everything is foretold and foreseen. Everything applies that was said in the past is also written in for the present moment. And it's adjusted by Hashem for the present moment. Okay. So this chapter 12 that we're learning that was prepared by the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe Rayat, in 1950, it obviously very perfectly exactly applies to this year of Tafshin Pei Base. From Yudshvat to Yudshvat. It'll be actually half of Tafshin Pei Base and half Tafshin Pei Gimel. Okay. Um, the focus is on the treasures from above. We know it's very common. It is the central theme in Basilagani that the king wants to win the war. 
and the treasures that he always had that were never allowed to be seen, certainly not allowed to be used, are now opened up, which is completely breaking all the rules, and they're given out. They were never seen. They were never used. They could not be seen. They could not be used. And they're not only looked at now. They're looked at by the simple people, and they're opened up and given out to the simple people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows that muscle. It's not just a muscle. These treasures are being given out now to us, and we've known this ever since 1950. So the question is, what are these treasures? Of course, why are the treasures given out? Because the king wants to, needs to win the war. We're right now in the middle of Mohammed Hashem, the war against Hashem. And Hashem is planning to win, and he is winning. And Mashiach is winning. So what are the treasures? And that's the focus here for the next couple of pages in the Mimer. What exactly are these treasures? It's no longer on... Who's fighting the war? We got that one last year. Hashem is fighting the war. Who's he fighting against? The evil ones. We got that one last year. How is he empowering us? He's giving us treasures, tools. Okay. What are the tools? Okay. So now we're in Sif Gimel, the Inyan Bezeh. And this is going to be a complex, this is very difficult. Um, these are deep concepts which we're going to try to pull apart. The Inyan Bezeh, the Hine. The Indian Arain Saif, Yeshne Perushin. When we're talking about Arain Saif, because the treasures are really, um, we're talking about Arain Saif, infinite light, that goes way, 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 way high without any limit, and way, way, way low without any limit. Now that we're going to look into later. By appreciating how low it goes, it gives us a, an understanding of the, uh, by it, through its depth, we can see its height. We get to appreciate how lofty these treasures are that we're being given. The question is why we need to know how lofty they are. So, when we're talking about Arin Saif, it means two things. One explanation is Ar Shalain Saif. It's the light of Ain Saif. And the second explanation is Shar Asmo Ain Saif. The light itself is Ain Saif. So, in other words, there's a kind of light. It's called Ain Saif. It's the light of Ain Saif. Ain Saif has a light. That's one thing. Ain Saif has a certain light. There's another explanation that says, this light is Ain Saif. It just never ends. They're similar, but they're different. One is the light never ends, and the other one is which light is it? It's the light of this thing, this energy called Ain Saif. So the Reparayat explains, what does the Rebbe Ayat mean? The light itself is the Ein Saif light. It's on the level of Ein Saif. The Tamadavar. So the reason for it is, again, we're saying the kavana is that the light itself is the energy, the level of Ein Saif. Okay. And why? Because in truth, the word Ein Saif, Kairak al Ein Saif really only applies to light. Lamaya Yaiser, 
Hu Inun Shel Shein. There's something higher than light. That's the name. Excuse me. Sheba Bekama Pratim Sham Or Shein Ba'or Inyan Mechat. There are some times when the name of something and the light of something are the same. Your light and your name are the same. There's some instances when that's the case. Ulamayla Yaiser. Oh, sorry. How do we know this? There are some times when you use the idea of light and name interchangeably. It means the same thing. How do we know? Look at the Torah. Parshat Fakudeh. So, Mashahaksha Harama, Bakdama Basais, Yainis, Alam. There's a certain safer, Pelach Arimain, that brings out this, this question. And I certainly am not going, I'm not going to learn that safer at this point to bring out that. But it's a very deep, important question. So here's the question. Why is it called our insight? You know, we're used to that. You know, there's a, a very nice story that in the days when Matis Yahu was singing holy songs, etc., and um, really coming out with his work, so he was driving somewhere, uh, so, some Bahram were driving somewhere in the southern U- U.S. or something, and some kind of hood fellows in a car were driving behind them, and it got a little bit concerning, a little scary. And I think at some point, these hood fellows stopped maybe at a gas station and cut them off and stopped and jumped out of the car, and oh my, what's going to be? And these hood fellows, this, you know, Hebra from the hood, the boys, they came up to the Bachram. These weren't exactly Jewish boys or, you know, moral-looking boys. These hood guys came up to the Bachram and they asked, we have to ask you a question. Okay, what's the question? They said, what means our Ein Seif? Or what is Ein Seif? Right? In other words, they had heard it in, in Matasyahu's songs. Or insight, or insight, something like that. So they wanted to know. They figure they see guys in hats and jackets. Maybe they will know what insight is. So we're used to this concept of of our insight. What is? We hear the word our insight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our insight. It's light that has no end. Mm, that doesn't fit. How about calling it light that has no beginning? Meaning it comes before everything. Because lots of things have no end. Lots of husbands who feel like their wife's ability to talk has no end. You know, she could just talk and complain forever. There are many things we don't know yet. If they have an end, it isn't the end. So lots of things might be infinite. They just go on and on and on. But no beginning? Ah, now that's something unbelievable. Something that has no beginning? So let's call it our Ein Tchila, light that has no beginning. It comes before everything. It doesn't have, you know, a starting point. What, why would we want to call it that? Something that comes before or Kadman. Obviously, it's eternal. 
No beginning, no end. The Chlal Nitzchi, when something's eternal, in Kadmon, then it doesn't have a beginning. Lefisha, um, Hasichlim Hanivdalim, Him Nitzim Veratana Barah. So again, why is it called orange sight? Why is it not? Why is it light without an end instead of light without a beginning? In general, something that comes before has got to be forever. If it comes before everything, it's got to be forever because it's not part of the stuff that begins and ends. Okay. So I think what we're saying here is. Something that comes before, it's got to be eternal. But something eternal doesn't necessarily have to come before. Right. Because it could just, it's here now, and it could just go on forever. That would make it eternal. Right? That would make it eternal. It just, it's here now, and it goes on forever. It doesn't, well, does that mean it has no beginning? No, that's not implied. Okay, but what if something has no beginning? Yeah, so if it has no beginning... So it's going to be eternal. So this is a very subtle concept. Okay. Let's see. Now, obviously, so here's the question, of course. How does that this change my life? Remember that what we're doing, we need to sort of stop every five or ten minutes for station identification. We are being empowered with tools this year to fight the war of Hashem and to maneuver ourselves through this battle seamlessly, in a really deeply holy way, fearlessly. I would not say that so far that's happened. Most people are in fear. Because Muhammad Hashem is quite, quite, quite. Even to the extent that everybody now doesn't feel well. Everybody has flu-like symptoms. And people are, some people are saying, well, maybe they sprayed something in the air. That's kind of not fun whoever they is, or maybe, I don't know, but there's something going around, right? Bio-warfare is bio-warfare. So we need to be in the midst of this bio-warfare, bio-weapon war, um, being fought, Mohammed Hashem being fought with these bio-weapons. We need to maneuver through this war in full power and full holiness and fearlessly. So everything we're learning is bringing us to the point of understanding what we are being given as tools. You know, if we're in the middle of a war and we say, oh, no, what are we going to do? They say, no, 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 you don't understand. We put at your disposal 600,000 troops for whenever you need them and whatever you need you have available. That's probably one of the points here. In this war that you are meant to win for the king, excuse me, you can be assured that anything you need to be able to win this war will be made available to you. It is already made available to you. You're just not necessarily seeing it. You know, it's kept on a a shelf somewhere where <laughs> a concealed shelf till the moment you need it. So, um, because otherwise these concepts are very cryptic. Okay, Lafisha um Hasichlim Anivdalim 
I think it's Yichlun Manuv Dalim. Makomach Aloshin who the come who come a man Yivran. There's another place where it says some of the creations. Him Nitzim Beratan Abayra. There are some creations that are eternal because Hashem wants. I don't know what kind there are, but they're obviously not in the obviously not in the animal kingdom. But there are some creations that are eternal because Hashem wants. They are renewed. They are constantly created from nothing to something. But I guess, but they there are certain creations that are eternal because Hashem decided to make them eternal. Kainu. So there are certain creations. They do have a beginning, but they don't have an end. So when we're saying ain't when you say ain't what do you mean? We're not talking about the essence of Hashem. We're talking about his name. His name is a ray. He has no end, but there's a ray that comes out of him. His name. So this light goes higher and higher and higher. And lower and lower and lower. This light has no limitations. So it's understood that the light itself is on the level of Ein Seis. Okay, so we'll stop here and we're going to take a break for the next section. And we say, Hashem, this Arain Saif, whether it has a beginning or an end, this infinite energy, clearly with this infinite energy, you make it possible for us to win this war. And we know we will win this war, you will win this war. And we'll usher in the Gulamitis Fashlema immediately now. <laughs>